John 15, 1 to 16 says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does, not, does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Let's pray. God, we're grateful for your word and grateful for its encouragement to find our source of life in you. Simply and continually to strive to enter the rest that you alone provide, to abide in that which you have given. Lord, be with us as we proclaim this truth to ourselves and in this place. May your Holy Spirit apply it to our hearts in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, I love that last song that Mark did. Um, I don't know who did that first. Benjamin Dunn or what was it? It wasn't Crowder. Yeah, John McMillan. Yeah, John McMillan. Um, great song. Uh, you know, I'm always struck by the the lyric in there of a tree being, you know, bent by a hurricane force, you know. And, you know, particularly here where we get to see that, <laughs> you know, um, you know, you, you see a palm, right? And that, that palm can bend like no other, you know? Um, and it's actually, uh, I, I think it's due to its, the, the actual structure of a palm tree, which is like more like grass going up than it is like rings. Um, but it has this ability to bend in the wind 
more like more than anything. Um, and I find that relevant uh, to our passage today because, you know, it's it's the rootedness of the palm that makes it so strong in that wind, right? And, and the same today, we're, we're talking about another horticultural <laughs> example um, of, of a vine. And, you know, the, the simple truth is that the vine doesn't continue to grow unless it's, or the branches don't continue to grow unless they're connected to the vine. It just doesn't happen. And it's literally all, all that Jesus is saying to us. Abide in me. Simply, it, fi- find your source of life and strength and hope in me. And, you know, I, f- I feel like maybe that's something I say all the time, <laughs> but it's something we have to hear all the time, too. Um, and so today we're, we're looking at Jesus calling himself the true vine. He says, I am the true vine. This is the seventh of a uh, number of times, I believe seven, a uh, number of times in John where Jesus says the words, I am the. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the door uh, for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. This is the last of those, and he says this, I, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. We were dissecting this a little bit on, uh, on Thursday night and talking about, okay, well, uh, if the father is the vine dresser, and the vine is Jesus, then where's the Holy Spirit, right? And, uh, and Mark sort of jokingly, I think, said, well, he's the chlorophyll, you know? <laughs> um, and actually, as I thought about it, a little, I think it's pretty accurate, actually. Um, and I think the reason that it's, you know, omitted is because they don't know about chlorophyll back then, I don't think. I don't think they had gotten to the point of, like, studying the inner structure of the chlorophyll going up and out. So I think if they would have gotten that far, they would have said, you know, they, you know, John would have included, and the Holy Spirit is the chlorophyll. And, uh, and, and Jesus would have said that, but he, he knew that was for another time, for our time. We know the Spirit is the chlorophyll. Um, but I actually, I do think it's true. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's this conveyor, right? It, it, it is the source, it is the, the, uh, the substance that takes from the true vine and takes it out to the branches and, and then takes back from the branches into the vine and continues this cycle of interaction back and forth between vine and branch. It's, it's actually a, a great, yeah, the spirit is the chlorophyll. I should have titled the sermon, you know, chlorophyll. That's what I, I'm going to retitle this, chlorophyll. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so Jesus says a number of things to the disciples in this passage. And I mean, the chief thing is, yes, abide in Jesus. And, and the reason he says over and over again is that you would bear more fruit. And he speaks of the true branches, us, the branches who are connected to him as those who produce fruit. And yes, sometimes we're pruned, right, even. He says, I'll even prune you so that more can be born in your fruit. And he does make a distinction that there are those who don't connect to the vine, who aren't connected to the vine. There are branches that aren't connected. 
It's a very clear picture, just as clear as Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Here he is saying, there are branches that are connected to me, and there are branches that are not. And the branches that are not will be thrown in a pile and burned out. They're of no use. They're not connected to the true source of life. Jesus says, I am the true vine. If you're finding your substance or your source in anything else other than me, it's insufficient. He's the true vine. He is the source of life. So he says to the branches that are connected, okay, yeah, you know, you'll be pruned that you might bear much fruit. And my desire for you is that you bear much fruit. And so the question, obviously, when you look at that is, okay, if, if Jesus wants his branches to bear more fruit, what's the fruit? What is abiding fruit? What, what does it look like to have fruit? So I wanted to start uh, by saying this about fruit, that fruit is not an amount cannot be calculated <laughs> to say this is a sufficient amount of fruit. 30 times uh, return, 40 times return, 100 times return. It's not, it's not an amount. When you talk about uh, church finance, you know, the, the old phrase is church finance can be summed up in three B words. Budgets, buildings, and behinds. <laughs> um... That's how people think about it, right? Okay, what's our budget, you know? How's our building looking? I'm glad that's not really part of the deal here. Um, and uh, how many behinds do we have in the seats, right? That's, those are the numbers. Those are the metrics that you look at to say, is this, is this bearing fruit? And I'd tell you, fruit is not an amount. And the world looks at it the same way, and, and so do we. Fruit is also not wealth. Fruit is also not influence. Fruit is also not power. These things that we measure success by is not fruit. Abiding fruit, and this is what Jesus calls us to at the very end of this. He says, um, where is that? There we go, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask in my name, he may give it to you. The fruit that he's talking about, the abiding fruit, is more about how you handle that which you have than it is about the amount of what you have. It's about how you handle what you have more than it is about the amount of what you have. Go and bear fruit that abides. So as in one phrase, I'll say, fruit is not budgets, buildings, and butts, and it's not wealth and influence and power. Truth is, it's not that if that's all you're concerned about. Right? If your focus is, like, let's get that budget up, let's get those buildings better, I'm for that one. Let's, you know, let's increase these things. If that's where your focus is, then you've missed the source, right? Those things come. 
They do. As you, as you work the field, as you plow, and as you uh, sow seed and all, yeah, you know, those things change. They fluctuate. They go up and down, back and forth. Uh, sometimes your influence is strong. Sometimes your influence is less. Sometimes your wealth is great. Sometimes it's not. Those things change. So those are things that come, right? But they're not the source. and They're not the abiding fruit. The abiding fruit is how you handle those things as they come and as they go. So a question for us as we think about that, as we consider that fruit isn't really about the amount, though, though, though fruit is a production of an amount, and things do come from that, and that's a good thing. Uh, the fruit is what abides, what sticks, what stays. And over and over in this passage, he says the phrase, abide in me. Abide in me. Abide in me. Verse 4. Verse 7. Verse 5. If you abide in me. Verse 9. Abide in my love. It's very, it's very simple, really. Abiding in Jesus means abiding in His Word. means abiding in the relationship that He has bought for you. means abiding in the people that He's placed around you. Abiding in His Word. Uh, Psalm 1 starts out like this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. That could be a sermon. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. One very simple thing we have to be cognizant of as believers if we're going to abide in Jesus is this, is our Bible, right? Is what God has said about himself and his character and his nature in these words that we've been given, that we can understand in our language. Praise be to God because of the work of many men and women across the world, right? that we could hold this in our hand in our country freely. The promise of what God has given us in this word is that you will be like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and everything he does, he prospers. Again, take away the, the uh, metric of it and the variables of like, how much does that produce exactly? And does that increase my wealth? And does that increase my influence? Blah, 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 blah. That's not what I'm concerned with, right? What I'm concerned with is, in all that he does, he prospers. What is his chief concern? The Lord. 
He's not worried about what comes, how it's metric or any of that. He, he's worried about the Lord. He meditates on it day and night. And as a result of his meditation on the Lord day and night, he is perfectly content in what God has brought him. In fact, he prospers because he's not even trying. Right? The Lord is bringing it because it's abiding in the Lord. Abide in, in God's word. It, it's a true gift. There's numerous ways that we can do this. One is reading it. <laughs> Two is memorizing it. Some of you are into that. Some of you maybe not so much into that, but it's very helpful to take a verse that you find uh, you know, important, study some of the verses around it, make sure you understand the context a little bit, and, and memorize a, a portion, right? We have uh, John 3.17 as our Wi-Fi password here. If you haven't got connected, feel free. Um, but people ask me about that all the time. And it's great. It's a great opportunity. I know what that says. Hopefully I can respond, uh, spout it for, out for you right now. Right? We all know, for God so loved the world, they gave his only son. Whoever believes in him might have eternal life. Shall not perish and have eternal life. But God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. John 3.17. It's been awesome to get to say that to people who are looking for a Wi-Fi password on the regular. <laughs> sometimes they ask about it. Sometimes they're like, what the heck is John 3, what, John three seventeen? And then you're like, wow, the gap is very large. Um, and uh, you know, I've, I've been there. Um, yeah, who is John? Who is John? Anyways, he's right here. Um, he's John. That's right. Uh, you know, but, but it's important to be able to know what does God say about himself? It's important for us to know it for ourselves. It's important for us to know it for those that God brings into our lives. It bears fruit. Second, if we're going to abide in Jesus, we're going to pray. Um, I didn't mention, but it does say, if you keep my commandments and abide in my love, and it does say, uh, abide in my words in here somewhere as well. Um, <laughs> I didn't reference it um, in our passage of today. It also talks about in our passage today, asking the Lord for whatever we wish, and it'll be granted to us. If you abide in me, my words will abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Verse 7. What is he talking about there? He's talking about prayer. Talk to the Lord. Talk to him. Like, you got a question? Ask him. You got a concern? Bring it to him. James uh, 5.13 and following. Is anyone suffering among you? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. He wants us to pray. He wants us to come to him when we're suffering and hurting. He wants us to come to him when we need forgiveness. He wants us to come to him when we're sick and feel that the end is coming near. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. 
Ephesians 6, 17 and following, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit. Okay, so teaching thing there, right? The Spirit of God is the Word. Sword of the Spirit is the Word of God, right? Sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit. It's a very helpful practice when you're praying to pray with Scripture. Pray with the sword of the Spirit. Praying at all times in the Spirit and all, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication, that is prayer, for all the saints. Don't just pray for yourself. Pray for all the saints. Paul says, even, selfishly, could you please say a prayer for me? <laughs> that words may be given in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. If we want to abide in Jesus, we ought to pray. Pray for our needs that are concerns and bring them to the Lord. Pray for not just our concerns, but the concerns of those that God has placed around us in a sovereign way. Pray for those that are in need. Pray for those who are hurting. Pray for those who are doing the work of the ministry pray. If we're going to abide in Jesus, we're going to know his word. Um, We're going to pray to him. We're going to talk to him. We're going to pray his word. We're also going to follow the commandment of verse 12. It says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Love one another. Jesus is reminding us that this life isn't just about us. It's not just about what we are receiving or what we are walking through or what we are successful at. It's about those he's placed around us. If we're going to abide in Jesus, we're going to abide in the people that he's placed around us. We're going to find our strength in them. We're going to find our hope in them. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. We're going to abide in Christ. We're not going to find it just in ourselves. We're going to find it in the many members that he's placed around us. For in one spirit, we're all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And he goes on and goes to the irony of parts of the body saying, oh, well, I'm not that. I can't do that. Jesus isn't here physically in one person on the earth anymore. He was. He was physically on the earth for 33 years. He was. But now, Jesus is here. 
in many members, okay? And the way this works is that, you know, you were given Jesus' eye, and you were given Jesus' foot, and I was given Jesus' hand, and, you know, like, there are many members that make up his body. That's what he's saying here. The body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, Christ's body. So in our passage, when he says, I give you this commandment, love one another, and we're asking the question, how do I abide in Christ? He just told us, right? Love one another. Understand that you don't have all the answers, and you're never going to have all the answers, that you might need to get some answers from someone else. And also, someone else might need some answers from you, which is the part we often miss the most, I think. Often we come to the church when there's a problem and we need some help, right? That's sort of traditionally kind of how the flow goes. But we as a church have to realize that God has given us to each other, not just that we, we can receive, but that we can give. It's a two-way flow. that we would lay our lives down for our friends as Jesus laid his life down for us. This probably feels like a good old-fashioned church message, right? (laughs) Read your Bible, pray, and go to church, all right? (laughs) What a revelation, you know? But the truth is, the most powerful things in our lives are those simple truths right? That we be rooted in what is true, the true vine. If we're going to be bearing fruit, then we'll find our connection to that in the true vine. And the true vine has given us his word. And the true vine has made a way for us to talk to the Father and ask him anything we want. And the true vine has given us one another to depend upon. Jesus in the middle of this says a really cool thing that I liked, uh, verse 11. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. I hadn't put that in my notes, but Mark reminded me about it uh, this morning. I was like, yeah, that was a really good part again. (laughs) And, you know, in the midst of him saying, if you keep my commandments and you abide in my love just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. You know, he's talking about like commandments and you need to do this and you need to do that. <laughs> like very, some instructions, right? In the middle of it, he says, I'm giving you these very simple instructions that are sometimes very hard for you to make a part of your life for a, one reason, that, that your joy might be full. These things I've spoken to you that my, my joy might be in you and that your joy might be full. Yeah. Now, does your joy depend on budgets, buildings, and behinds? Or wealth, influence, and power? A lot of times that's where we're at, Right? A lot of times that's, that's kind of how we're measuring our lives is 
Are those things working right? <laughs> the Lord says, if you abide in me, it won't even matter. That your joy may be full in whatever you're walking through. Abide in the Lord Jesus. So we sum it up just this. There's one source of life. It's the true vine, Jesus. Abiding fruit is not about an amount. It's about how you steward what you've been given. And Jesus leaves us with this challenge that we go. Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should abide. Whatever you ask in my Father's name, he may give to you. We don't have the... Uh, the luxury of just sitting by and letting life kind of run its course as our desires dictate. No. We have an instruction from the Lord. Go and bear fruit. I've given you a purpose and a place and I've given you talents and abilities. I've given you a gift. I've made you an eye or a foot or a hand or whatever for a reason. I've done this with purpose. Go and bear fruit. If you don't know what that is, you know, go back to one of these things. Find it in the Bible. Ask the Lord through prayer. Lord, how do you want to use me in this season of life that I'm in? How do you want me to bear fruit? What does that look like in my life right now? You ask him. The answer will very likely be found in his word and through your prayers and with his church. As we take on the love that he gave to us, as we lay our lives down for him, we very quickly find that we will go and we will bear fruit. Fruit that abides. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. Lord, we desire to be people who bear fruit that abides. We desire to see uh, spiritual growth in our lives. We also desire to see more people find you. So God, may we abide in you. May we have eyes and ears to see that which is around us, that which you have given to us, and may we steward it in such a way that it bears abiding fruit. May we have a genuine concern for the lives you've given us and the people you've placed around us uh, that we might see how, how you would use us. Uh, we could lay down our lives for our friends. 
they might know the true vine, the source of life, the place of joy. I pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.